Hi, this is Marlon Summers in the studio with Regan Schrock. Today, excited to do a bit of an experiment. Um, this is the Essays for King Jesus podcast, and normally we're simply putting narrations on here um, from our essays. Today, I'm doing an interview with Regan about an essay that he wrote uh, that we released last year called Cultivating Spiritual Creativity in God's Kingdom. And yeah, we're doing a bit of an experiment here. Um, if these work well, uh, we may make this a regular feature of the channel. Hope you enjoy. So, Regan, spiritual creativity. What's the big deal about this topic? Or maybe, I don't know, is there a backstory to why you got the that particular phrase? That's a good question, because I'm actually not sure where it comes from. It's this sense of using creativity, which is one of God's many gifts to us, I, I believe. God as creator creates things, and we're made in his image, so we innately have this creativeness that we want to express because of that being made in God's image. And you see that because you don't see chipmunks creating massive, incredible works of art or uh, beautiful architecture, whereas humans will do that. We plant flower beds. We <laughs> cultivate things. That's, that's creativity. And my angle with this particular essay was say, okay, that's a very good positive thing. How can we take that beautiful thing and use that as a way of reaching the world around us to expanding God's kingdom to how we interact with with the world. And so I called it spiritual creativity, which is maybe a bit broad. Maybe there's a better, better term for it, but that's kind of what I landed on. And I'm not sure if I can point to a specific influence. I, I, I know there's there have definitely been people in my life that have this, and it's really neat to see how they live. It's, it's, it's really inspiring, really interesting. So I would say that that's part of it, but it wasn't like a one one specific thing that inspired this and just kind of built up over the years. Yeah, and we did qualify spiritual creativity in God's kingdom brings out some of that niche. Yeah, I like the way you uh, tie together creativity, creator. It's part of who we are to create something. Yeah, I think over the years, one of the things that you've helped me with personally is just there's things that we could do. There's a way to, there's a way to get them done. Some of us maybe a little more scared to venture out or whatever, and you've helped just put a vision out there and say, this can be accomplished. Yeah, I tend to um, I tend to like to run experiments. It's like, hey, what if we would try this? Like, would this work? And sometimes, you know, a lot of times it doesn't. But but sometimes, yeah, you land on something really neat. Like, oh, this this is something valuable, and someone should try that, you know? So... You start out by saying that you see creativity in the pages of the New Testament, and I wonder if you could elaborate on that. Um, the first sentence of your essay says, When I read the New Testament, I am struck by what great lengths the early church went to in order to reach the world with the gospel. Not only were they committed and bold, they were also quite creative in finding ways to interact with people in meaningful ways. Do you have any particular stories in mind, something from the New Testament? I think about it a lot in how Jesus used the world around him to bring what he was saying to life. It was just baked into both his teaching and how he lived. It is really, really interesting to me. Um, and then you see the disciples in the early church continuing that on. You look at some of the strategies Paul had for reaching people. It's, it's pretty neat stuff, you know, uh, and they would come up with some really neat solutions to, okay, how do we get to this place? How do we access that? How do we Oh, they're, you know, 
trying to to capture me so lower me down out of the city wall in a basket you know well okay that's interesting you know like like so someone had some some interesting and maybe a better term for this is just brainstorming honestly and working together and saying oh i hadn't thought of that before let's let's see if that works but yeah i i see what probably the most would be in in the ministry of jesus he'll use very normal relatable things but put this twist is the wrong word but he'll put it in a new context maybe and suddenly it, it springs to life in a special way that's extremely memorable. I am the door, you know, I am the vine, I'm the living water. These things that are like immediately relatable. But then when he says like, oh, whoa, I hadn't thought of that before. And it sticks in your head. Even if you disagree with it, there are so many phrases and concepts from the New Testament that are just baked into culture that because because they're so vivid, they're so memorable. And, you know, Jesus went to some really interesting places and use some very interesting ways to interact with people's lives. I mean, who just strolls around on the beach, you know, recruiting fishermen because he, like he was where they were and related to them in an interesting way. And, you know, that's, that's how he found a lot of his disciples say, or had some kind of credibility with a tax collector and said the right thing at the right moment for Matthew to say, yeah, I want that. You know, I'm going to lock up my tax office and and see a roman guard because there probably would have been romans around they're like why are you leaving your job you know and and there were jesus had i would love i I wish we had i guess i wish or yeah yeah it would have been fascinating to see a little more of the context of some of those relationships like how how did jesus actually do what did that look like that must have been amazing to see you know and so i find those things inspiring i would love to um to see some more creativity within our within our churches. And there are some great examples of that. I think many people are doing that, um, whether it's, well, anyway, that, that we could get into specifics later, but, but yeah, those are, those are the main things that, that I'm, that I'm saying. Yeah. Good. So when you said that you were thinking about how Jesus used things around him and so on, the first thing that came to my mind after that was, you know, Jesus sending Peter to get a piece of money out of the fish's mouth. Oh, that's so brilliant. Like, we'll never forget that story as a result. <laughs> it's just wild. In fact, so this this is maybe a bit tangential, but I was in, in Israel. And if you go to the Sea of Galilee and you go to a restaurant there, you can order St. Peter's fish. These are secular, do not believe in Christianity at all, but that's the fish that had the coin in its mouth. And you can still buy it at the restaurant and eat it as like this thing. It's that baked into people's memory, even though, Maybe they don't even believe it happened. It's that vivid and memorable that to this day. And so, of course, we went and got St. Peter's fish, and it was delicious. Um, yeah, there was another one just on the use of money. I was thinking about people show up and ask Jesus, you know, should we pay taxes, right, to trap him? And it's like, well, bring me the denarius. Whose image is on it? Got Caesar's image on it. Give it to him. And then you picture that with the actual piece of money in front of you. I um, you have one. We're not on video, so you can't show it to anybody. So if if we were on on video, this is this is an actual Roman coin. It's a little after the time of Jesus, but you can see the image of the emperor right on it. And I mean, it's bold and like, here it is. You know, this is my coin. I I, I can't remember which one this is. I um got it in Jordan. Yeah, like, and now every time you look at this coin, you'd be like, oh yeah, that's right. Jesus talked about that. Like any time a listener after seeing that, and they were handling money would probably remember that, you know, and that's, that's pretty profound, you know, and some of this maybe is just his style of teaching, but it was just that, 
immediately relatable in day-to-day life and being just really creative. And again, I, I do see Paul and, and the disciples in the early church doing that as well quite quite a bit. I mean, um, Acts 17, where Paul is talking to all these guys and, and preaching about the unknown God and, and the way he, he brings that about and based on who the audience is and where he is at, it's brilliant. You know, that's really well done. And those people, even though it says, you know, a lot of them disagreed with him and stuff, they remembered it and they say, hey, we want to hear more about this. Yeah, so maybe um, you talked about seeing things. Do you have modern day examples in mind and maybe both on the kind of, oh, this looks big and scary side and the, this looks ordinary, maybe easy to overlook, but there's something really significant going on. There, there's so many ways that this happens. You know, my wife is a great example of this where she likes to create beautiful spaces that people can come in and enjoy hospitality, which is, is a fundamentally, I believe, a, a core Christian value. So you can have something pretty simple like that. It takes a little extra thought, but anybody can do it. Turn your turn where you live into a welcoming space and, and have your neighbors over, you know, or, you know, and share a meal in your home. It can be very simple like that, or it can be, you know, changing the oil for your for your neighbor or, you know, mowing in a widow's lawn. Like there's there's lots of little, you know, mundane things, but then there's maybe some bigger things even in business. You know, some of the stories my dad has with someone saying, oh, well, we'll just pay cash for this product so that you don't have to report it and pay taxes on it, and it'll save us 9%, you know, and they're trying to, because the sales tax here is like 9% or something, and and him saying, well, you can pay cash if you want, but I have to report it out of honesty. I don't know if you can call that creativity necessarily, but that was such a vivid image for that person that they immediately were like, whoa, that's, it stopped him short. Because they were just took it for granted. Well, of course, I'm, I'm doing you a favor. You know, I'm saving you 9% on this product, you know. And, and they're like, well, that's really commendable. And that stuck with them. And it was, it was a great open door. I said, well, and here's why. Like, here's why I, I live like that. To, you know, so those are some simple examples to, you know, maybe some things different churches have done, you know, in their local communities to reach out and engage their, their local communities. So there's a coffee shop here in town uh, that's, a group from a church local here and they decide they're going to start a coffee shop and have it as a space where people can come in and study the bible and and be in a good environment and like regularly you go in there and yeah there's someone having a bible study with someone who's learning about jesus for the first time and like that's that's awesome because it's the safe space that people can come into and i'm really involved in missions as well and i've been just blown away at how creative missionaries are in a lot of places where they find unique ways to teach about Jesus and get into, you know, reach out and be involved in people's lives. I find that incredibly inspiring. And it, it can be pretty easy to be a little doom and gloom about the American church and be like, oh, we could be doing so much better. And, oh, uh, you know, we're failing in so many fronts. You know, yeah, there's lots of things that I'm sure could be better because we're humans and we're fallen and we, <laughs> you know, can always improve, <laughs> of course. But there's the flip side where, you, you know, you don't have to look very far. And there are people, you know, in your church or in your local community or wherever that are doing some really incredible things by reaching out to their neighbors or caring for someone who, who needs a friend. Yeah, there, there's there, the, the options are really limitless when you start thinking about it, of all the possibilities out there. And that's inspiring to me, you know. So I, I choose to look at that instead of saying, oh, the, the American church is just in decline and, you know, and doom and gloom. I'm, 
yeah, sometimes those are very ordinary. And then, you know, there's sometimes the really big ones, again, like some people on missions that are going into really hard places and having to be very creative and very careful about how they access these places. I have a, a friend who, who works in tech, and he found ways to use the dark web to get on the North Korean internet and post the Bible there. You know, and there's people within North Korea now that are reading the Bible and can't get it any other way. Like, that's highly creative. I mean, that is not something you just wake up one day and be like, oh, let's just do that. Like, that, that takes a lot of work. It's very hard. But yeah, he had an idea. It's like, hey, maybe this is the way. Like, these people need Jesus, so let's try it. And it worked, you know? And that's incredible to me. Yeah, so I like where you're bringing this around. Um, you're putting it out as, obviously, a challenge um, to be creative and try things. Um, but you're also calling us to pay attention to things that people are already doing. Find inspiration in those around us that, yeah, again, we may overlook or not see and reminding us that God's kingdom, God is at work through his people in a variety of ways, and let's notice that. Yeah, and if I could leave the audience with anything, and I've kind of mentioned this, but I'll say it in a different way here. There's this principle in relating with others, and it's called the go first. You know, you want to make friends with someone or you want to interact with someone, you, you, someone has to go first. So be the person who goes first. And I've seen, my wife is way better at this than I am. Uh, we travel a lot for the different ministries and things. And we were in London uh, meeting some people last fall. And we stopped in at a, an old antique map shops because I love old maps. And I was like, oh, this is kind of fun. And the guy in there, you know, recognized there was something a little different about us. The shop was pretty empty. It was just us. And before we know it, he he started telling his life story. He had all these questions about the Mennonites and was like, you know, I'm not religious, but wow, I really respect, you know, what you're doing. And and it was simply, if it had just been me, I'd have been like, okay, I'm kind of here doing my thing. All right, ready to go. But but my wife was much more, was interested in his life, wanted to hear, you know, his story and, and was willing to engage with him in a way that was not threatening at all. And before we know, I mean, the guy was practically in tears about how, you know, his life isn't what it, he wants it to be. He's, you know, and and it, it was an incredible moment here in this fellow's shop that was just a very ordinary, mundane, average day. We just were there for like two days meeting someone on a layover. And it turned into that simply because my wife was willing to go first and and interact with that person in a meaningful way. So my, my point is, it's not that hard. You have countless moments throughout your week where you'll have that chance to interact with someone in a deeper way, but you have to be willing to go first. Maybe that means going to the Pakistani family who just bought the gas station down the road and welcoming them to the community. It's like, hey, we'd like to get to know you and like come to our home for lunch or something. It could be as simple as that or, or making a friendship with, with someone, but you have to be willing to go first. And that can be intimidating, but it's so worth it. And, and it's not hard to do, but it's also not easy because we have to get over the hurdle, you know, of, of doing these things. Yeah, thank you. Go first. I like that. Yes, thank you for um, listening to this author interview on Essays for King Jesus and welcome your feedback. Is this something you'd like us to prioritize doing more of or where does this fit um, with the Essays for King Jesus channel? Love to hear from you and thank you.